we are looking at this idea of work. And we've been looking at psalms called the Songs of Ascents, beginning in Psalm 120 and going all the way to 134. And in many ways, uh, what this can be seen is, is a psalm book, a, a handbook for the traveler, for the pilgrim, for the one on the journey to go to Jerusalem, maybe to go toward it, maybe even to go home from Jerusalem. They have these songs with them, maybe in their heart, maybe they've memorized them. They're singing them. It's possible some are going as couples, as individuals, as large families. They're all traveling, though, excited to be together in the house of God, in the temple of Jerusalem, to worship Him. And interestingly enough, what this pilgrim highlights for us this morning is that the Lord has to be the one who is working all things out. Otherwise, it is all vanity. It is all going to crumble. It's all going to be frustrated. And we certainly know those words. We know what that looks like. And the question for the new year is, how are we going to go about our work? And even for those who have the title retired, you know that work never stops. Or at least I have witnessed that for you it never stops. <laughs> There's always a to-do list or maybe a honey to-do list or plans, travels, things and needs that come up. We are people who labor and work and plan, and pray over those plans and those labors. How will we go about our work in 2020? And I would ask that you would go about your work by first remembering that it is God who works in you. It is God who first has done the greatest work to allow us to work on his behalf in this world. Our work must come out of the truth that he has enabled us to be workers because he was the first worker. And that is kind of our first point in this psalm is that our God works and my text that I just kind of quoted loosely comes from Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, which says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's the command, work out but there is a cause. There is something before it. Verse 13, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. First off, as we think about how we're going to go about our work in 2020, 
how we might make plans, the buzzword, we might have some resolutions that I'll revisit in February to find out how those are going with all of you. We might get excited about those things. Those things are good. They, they are in some ways part of who we are. We, we get this excitement for a new year, a fresh start, we might say, or I want to do something new for the new year. We create a resolution. Maybe some of us do five. I think one might be my goal. <laughs> but we say, let's get to work on this resolution. But how will we do so? Will we do that in our strength? Will we do that planning and not praying? Will we do that all with our own thoughts and our own desires, or will we first remember that God has to be the one at work, and he is the one at work in us to will and to do his good pleasure. Our God works. That's our first point, the first principle here, as we see in Psalm 127. Let's read this as it's a short five verses, but so much in here. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior, are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Let me pray as God might use his word this morning. Father, we come sitting under your word. We don't tell you what to do. We don't define you by how we want to define you. You tell us who you were and are and always will be for all of eternity. And you have done so through the word of God. Lord, I praise you that you have given us your love letter to tell us how you have worked, to show us who you are, so that we might mimic and follow the example of you and the example of your son, Jesus Christ, in your strength. You are the only one that can empower us to do these things. May we do so because you have done the greatest work for us. You sent Jesus Christ to the cross. You have given us the ability to receive the gift of salvation, forgiveness of sins, and the power of the Holy Spirit to allow us to work on your behalf. We pray and thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our God works, our God watches, our God gives, and our God builds. He is the first worker. If you want, go back and read Genesis chapter 1 and 2. We just read that in the call to worship, but the very first words of Scripture is what? God working, creating. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said. 
Now, you could argue, I guess, well, he just spoke it all. How is, I mean, how's that work? Well, there was planning, there was designing, there was putting thought. He even rested, not because he was weary, but all of this creation of everything was work. I mean, you just look at one minute detail of our creation, how the grasshopper thrives, how the caterpillar survives, how the roly-poly, that's one of my favorites, I don't, I don't think that's the scientific name for it, but I call it a roly-poly, that's that centipede thing that rolls into a ball, I don't, I don't know, how that thing is alive, my kids love that thing, those roly-polies, how God put design into every single one of his pieces of creation. How right now he upholds our world and all the stars and the planets and galaxies by his hand. He has worked. We also know scripture says he is going to work. We are going to get a new heaven and a new earth. We are going to get new bodies. We are going to have a new city called Jerusalem There will be new things happening in the future. But what I want us to remember too is he is working all the time. We just heard of a testimony this morning. God's hand is at work in us. For this is where the psalmist reminds us that unless the Lord builds the house, maybe we can replace it with something modern. Unless the Lord builds my house, or unless the Lord keeps my car running, or unless the Lord, and fill in the blank, then those who build labor in vain, then those who work maybe in your scholastics, maybe trying to finish a degree, maybe this special project that you're thinking, man, this has taken way too long Unless the Lord is in that, your projects and your scholastics and your relationships, they could turn into frustration. Unless the Lord is behind all of it. We have to recognize His working in every situation. Lamentations 3.22 says, The Lord's loving kindness never ceases. He is constantly, on a daily basis, giving us compassion and mercies that are new every day. He is the faithful God, and part of His faithfulness is that He never stops working. Now, I don't recommend that for any of us. (laughs) God doesn't recommend that for any of us. That is why I read in Genesis chapter 2, Thus the heavens and earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work. And oh, we're still trying to figure out if we're going to finish our lists. But God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Did God need to rest? Was he exhausted? No. But he showed us. I want you to rest from the work I give you. Oh, how important it is to rest. 
And we're going to actually see this. It's mentioned in this psalm, this idea of work and rest. Our God works, and it's a reminder for us to take a pause for this new year. And to say, God, help, as a friend of mine here in this church has said, help me not to ask that you bless what I'm doing, but help me to do what you are blessing. Help me to see your blessing. Help me to see that the Lord is in this. For if he is not, it will be frustrated. We'll be discouraged. We'll be fighting against his plans. God is at work always. John 5, 17, Jesus told those in the crowd, my father is working even till now and I am working. God, the great worker, showed us his son as an example who said that I am always working. Jesus was at work when he woke up to when he put his head down on the dirt or the stone or maybe a home that he was staying at. He was one who worked. We find that in Genesis 1 and 2, the basis of all work begins with good. Work didn't start in Genesis 3 at the fall. The Lord told Adam and Eve, look after the garden, tend to it. He specifically told Adam, work the ground, produce things from it, flourish, multiply. It was part of God's design. It is in his nature that God is a working God. And he made us in his image to be workers. But oh, how easy. And we see it in the culture and we see it seeping into ourselves that work can overtake us. (laughs) Work can become more than it was meant to be. We must take a pause and ask, how am I going to go into my work in this new year? Knowing that God has done the greatest work and God is working even today to aid my working. I I was just up here right now going, Lord, I need you for your word to be proclaimed, for the word of God to be opened, for this message to go forth. May you do your work through me. It's pretty acute Sunday morning, but I need to make that prayer every day of the week. (laughs) Lord, there's much on the list. There's many demands or needs or privileges and blessings to go visit or go check in with someone, but I can't do this in my own strength. I need you, Lord. You worked first. Work through me. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Secondly, and this is maybe more close to my heart, is that he has worked, he will work, he is working. But verse, or the second part of verse 1, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Our God watches He watches over us. He never sleeps or slumbers, as Scripture tells us. He is in control of all events and situations and details. He's even in control of what we see in the news in these days. 
Praise God he is in control. Otherwise, there would be great fear. But we don't have to be afraid. For unless the Lord watches over the city, unless he watches over this church, unless he watches over Pleasant Hill, unless he watches over our families and friends and those dear to us, the watchman stays awake in vain. Uh, This just brought to my mind as I was thinking of today, um, I, I used to work security. And that might be a very interesting work to do before being a pastor, but it paid the bills through seminary to, for my grad school. Uh, and unfortunately, I had to start at the bottom of the rung. I had to work the overnights. Uh, you probably know a little bit about overnights. And you know that this verse is really true to working overnights, that we're called as security guards to watch whatever we need to secure all night long. Well, I'm glad I had a team because I remember one of those nights in the booth, you know, probably studying Greek or Hebrew or something exhausting and my brain was done. Three in the morning, I think three to four a.m. was that window where it was just the hardest. And I, I just remember a tap, 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 tap on the window. And this was, you know, with my head like this. And it was my supervisor. I worked at a Christian college, thankfully, maybe he showed me some grace, but he said, all right, now we have to be in the watchman during the night. I tell you, I had to learn what not to do from three to four in the morning or from two to four in the morning because I knew the tendency that I just needed sleep. And it's a reminder that we can't watch constantly. We're not called to be watchmen constantly, 24-7. And we don't have to be, because the Lord watches over the city, your family, your bedrooms, your kids, your dogs, your cats. I had to say cats, no. (laughs) We have a cat. Love the cat. He watches over all these things so that we can trust in Him and rest. The great shepherd never sleeps. I was just reading this great allegorical story that at any time we can call out to Him and it's like the pilgrim or the wanderer on the road and our chief shepherd is just right there. Help me. Or, Father, I pray for, and he is right there, listening, attentive, the always alert and always awake and always ready chief shepherd watching over his sheep. That is the only one who never sleeps or slumbers. Even shepherds put their sheep in the pens to hopefully have the same amount in the morning after they've gone to sleep as they sleep maybe across the doorway or they lock up the gate because they need their sleep. But the Lord is always watching over us. He will always be with us. The Lord works 
The Lord watches. The Lord gives. Look at verse 2. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. And I think this is just cascading through these verses as the argument continues to build. The Lord is in control of our projects. You know, the, the context here is a song of Solomon. He understood this context of building, of watchmen, of guards around the city. And thankfully, he remembers that nothing is going to be accomplished, nothing will flourish, nothing will be a success unless the Lord is behind it. Solomon, the one who built the temple and his own beautiful house and many other structures and planned and detailed and administrated items coming across the whole known world to put these things together. And he still says, if God is not in this, for this, with me, then it's all going to crumble. What a great perspective. Unless God is not protecting this city, it doesn't matter how many watchmen I put out. It doesn't matter even if that watchman falls asleep, <laughs> which happens. Our God works, our God watches, our God gives. Do you see the end of verse 2? For he gives to his beloved sleep. As we think of the new year and we think of God being in our work and God energizing and being behind all that we do, we have to remember that as we put our heads to the pillow. Lord, I worked today. I, I believe I did what you called me to do, but I need to stop now. I need to stop working because you call me to sleep. You call me to trust all the rest of the work into your hands for it's all in your control anyway. You call me to give up this burden or give up this project into your hands and maybe I need to alter the timeline or change the plans, but it's all you have to do it, Lord. So I'm going to sleep because I am not God. And I'll tell you right now, I need to be the first to hear this. I need to look at my watch and go, all right, it's bedtime. Because there is always more that can be done. Especially in our culture now. Oh my, we could stay up doing all kinds of things into the wee hours of the night. And I know some are going, I don't want him talking about me. <laughs> and we know that we need our sleep. God rested to show us that he gives us. He calls us his beloved he says, I love you so much that I want you to sleep, to get the rest that you need. He's not, of course, saying be lazy. We all know that. But we have to get the rest we need. It refreshes us, gets us ready for the next day. There, I could go on and on with the benefits of sleep and the crumblings of when we don't get our sleep and the frustrations and at times the sicknesses and the illnesses and we could go on and on the 
I missed this or I forgot to do this or I forgot this at my job because of our sleeplessness. God wants us to sleep. He gives it to us. But what is being said here? We get up early because there's so much to do and we go late to rest because there's so much to do. Eating the bread, even our meal times are filled with Anxious toil, this pilgrim says. I'm going to be late. I could go on and on. This, this whole psalm is speaking to our culture, this day and age in which we live. Do we rest in the Lord? He gives us rest. He gives us sleep. He gives us peace. He is our rescue. He has done all the work and said, You don't need to toil for anything of importance anymore. I have done the toiling for you. I went to the cross for you. I have done the greatest work for you. I want you to hear this. I know I say this, I hope, many times, but you will never be able to work your way to God. He never wants to ask that of you. That is not what he has done for us. He has worked to come close to us. He sent his son to the cross to reconcile us. He has done the work to bring us salvation. We work out of that. We work in response to his work. So lastly, and an application, of course, from this is, are you getting your sleep? (laughs) And you can ask me, Paul, are you getting your sleep? Feel free to keep me in check as well. Fourth, the Lord builds. And I say builds because the next section, the last section of this psalm is all about a family. And as we think about God working, God watching, God giving us sleep, everything is in God's hands. The truth of the matter is our children, our cousins, our uncles, our families, our grandparents, all of it is being built in the hands of the Lord. Ultimately, He is watching over each individual life within our family, the ones that we hold most dear. Look at what it says, Behold, children are a heritage from the parents. No, it says from the Lord. This is a reminder as we start a new year, even for us parents, that we are just stewards. That that God created a plan for men and women to have children. That God thought of this. That God weaves a boy or a girl into the intricate personality and looks and shape in the womb. God is the one who creates family. God is the one who makes offspring. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb, a reward. And I won't say any more of that. (laughs) I know the women are very much no personally more than us men, but like arrows in the hand of a warrior, ready and sharp, skilled That's what this picture is. Like arrows in the hand of a mighty warrior are the children 
of one's youth. Blessings. Maybe blessings in disguise at times, but they make you laugh, cry, sacrifice, serve, think of them and not yourself. I could go on and on. The things they do to our lives that then make us more like Christ. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. The Lord builds. He is building our story. He is building our legacy. He is building our heritage through our family. And maybe, I know there's some in the room, maybe it's not your children, maybe it's connected children in the family, maybe you have prayed for children. I know that in this broken world, this can be difficult to read. But God wants us to impart ourselves to someone else to leave a heritage and a legacy to the next generation. I pray if you have kids, it's your kids. If you have grandkids, it's your grandkids. If you have young ones that you are mentoring, it's those young ones. They are a blessing from the Lord, this psalmist says. And none of this, this aspect doesn't change. Verses 1 and 2 is exactly as verse 3 is. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord watches, and unless... The Lord is behind my family or my endeavors to pass on what I know to the next generation. Unless the Lord is behind all of that, it will be vain. So I pray you heed this question. How will you go into your work for this new year? How will you labor? How will you sleep? We need to first remember God is always at work. He is doing the greatest work. He is working actually behind the scenes to make sure our plans are accomplished that are in his will. He has to work first for our work to be blessed. And to be reminded secondly in this new year, that may we work out of the response of prayer, of Lord, be in this work, be in my job, be in my career, be in my volunteering, be in my retirement and my to-do list, be in all of this and bless what you want to bless so that we can work out of what he has already worked in us, like Philippians 2 said, as I close, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Isn't that amazing that he is calling us to do his works. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, Romans chapter 8. We get to be a part of his 
plans and his works as his ambassadors. What a thrilling thought as we go into this new year. May we put our plans and our resolutions before his feet in prayer and say, Lord, unless you bless this, then it will be vain. Isn't that right? Amen. Let's pray. Father, this is for myself before any of us. You have to do all of this and you have to bless what we are doing. Otherwise, may we find and seek out what you are blessing and may we get behind the things that you are doing and get excited about those things and see you do incredible works. Like we heard this morning, miracles that that blow us away, that show us that you are with us, working every day in us and through us. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.